Evening guys, uh, how you doing? Or good morning. I'm uh, recording this at 12.40am uh, on Friday morning. Just finished a shift on Sky Sports News um, and just having some milk and chicken, but thinking about uh, the Dillian White fight against Lucas Brown this weekend. I'm actually on an early shift on Sunday morning, which with the clocks going forward kind of um, makes it tough for me to watch Dillian White against Lucas Brown, this WBC uh, silver title um, match, I guess basically to determine whether one of them gets a shot at the WBC champ, Deontay Wilder. Obviously, it's not necessarily guaranteed that will happen, you uh, you know, in boxing as well as I do, but uh, it makes me tricky to watch a fight live, so I'm probably going to have to watch it on Sunday either at work ahead of my shift on Sky Sports News which I have to be in for about 4am ahead of a 6 o'clock on air, or I'll watch it later at home after the shift. We'll, have to, we'll show highlights of the fight anyway. It's live on Sky Sports. Um, looking forward to it. And uh, put it up on Twitter, actually, Ed Draper 81 a little bit earlier in the week, what people's thoughts were. Uh, Dillian White lost one fight, of course, which was the British title fight against uh, Anthony Joshua, which, uh, looking at it, was December 2015, um, Commonwealth title on the line as well. Stopped in the seventh round after rocking Joshua in the second, I believe. Joshua legs pretty uh, gone, according to people ringside, for that fight at the O2 Arena in London. But since then, he's fought Ivica Bakarin, uh, KO there eventually against a guy who's not really a heavyweight, David Allen, the white rhino up in Leeds. He won a unanimous decision. Ian Lewison, fellow Londoner, um, Lewison gave him a good fight. In the end, though, had to retire. Uh, from that one, I think in the 10th, and then Derek Chisora had that kind of all-out war back end of 2016, December 2016, then he fought Malcolm Tan, and then the fight that preceded this one against Robert Hellenius, unanimous decision, just looking at their record to give some context, now Dillian's a guy I know pretty well actually, when I was hosting the boxing podcast at Sky Sports, had him in on a couple of occasions, spent an afternoon with him, four or five hours, very softly spoken, very relaxed, um, very kind of good friends with Spencer Fearon, who I uh, presented the podcast with. He still presents that podcast, or is the main colour pundit on that podcast in uh, terms of giving tactical analysis, that kind of stuff. Um, but he's very kind of relaxed in our company, quite softly spoken. He comes across as sort of brash, braggadocio to a sense, and it's kind of like the villain in the piece with Anthony Joshua, their rivalry going back to amateur days when he actually beat Joshua. Well, I think Joshua is very green in the sport in terms of his boxing experience back at that stage. But there's a, a point to this Will on Twitter, Will uh, Michael 83 and you can put see the thread up that I put up on the 19th of March on Twitter, Ed Draper 81 He says, I don't like the guy, to be honest. His public persona is awful. He will likely be the busier fight fighter, I guess, and will win on points. He doesn't have the power to trouble any of the top heavyweights and his European level for me. You know, it's kind of bypassed the European trajectory yet. He hasn't gone for the European title, although Hellenius was a former European champion uh, and he's uh, beaten him, unanimous decision. So I guess that backs that up that he probably is European level now. Will he go up to the heights again? He's the kind of subplot to the Anthony Joshua story, isn't he? He played the villain in the build-up to their fight and he's the character in the waiting in the wings to prove himself. He's obviously not got the explosive power or the bludgeoning kind of clubbing power of Joshua, but he's very offensive, very attacking. We saw against Derek Chisora, traded blows with him, got hit a lot of times. That's interesting against the, this guy, Lucas Brown, simply because Lucas Brown's pretty much perfect record, 25-0, and 0, 
kind of veteran Australian, 22 knockouts. Um, in terms of fighters, I guess names that, that people would recognise though on his CV. He's six feet, five inches tall, so he's slightly higher, taller than Dillian, I think about six four. He's fought Ruslan Chagiev and uh, won by TKO in that fight. Richard Towers, um, and he's fought the American, I think Jason Gavin, who is kind of familiar to British fighters, a bit of a journeyman. He's actually been stopped a number of occasions and now Gavin. Um, he's fought Deontay Wilder, he got stopped by him, did Gavin, and he's uh, also been stopped by um, Michael Sprott, or unanimous, unanimous decision, he's lost to Michael Sprott actually. So and he most recently in 2016 fought David Allen and Anthony Joshua in 2015. So he's, Gavin's a big name in the sense being well known, but kind of not far off a losing record. Um, so Lucas Brown, can he challenge Dillian? But that point about Dillian, he seems very soft spoken. I know he's had trouble both Lucas Brown and Dillian White have had problems in the past in terms of. Uh, testing for substances, that kind of stuff. Uh, but Dillian, I think, comes from Brixton, and he had a tough upbringing, like a lot of people, kind of on in the sort of working class background. Also, went part of his childhood in Jamaica, juxtaposed to situation in Brixton. I think he talks about going hunting for wild birds and fishing and all that kind of stuff in in the countryside in in Jamaica. And he's got that amazing accent that's halfway between a South London accent and and a Jamaican accent, which is pretty cool to listen to. So I think his public persona, as Will says, is maybe slightly misleading. I think that's something he adopted as kind of, I guess, when Anthony Joshua's holding court as this sort of grand figure of adulation, public um, in love with him as a, as a sort of quote-unquote good guy. Maybe it's, you can never be that completely good. Maybe Dylan White had to be a, a counterpoint to that, and he's come across as that. And he's still interesting in the kind of press conference today with Lucas Brown talks about Joshua even though this fight in theory lines him up to take on Deontay Wilder and surely taking on Deontay Wilder you know what if he could pressure Deontay Wilder yes he'd get some big bombs from Wilder but he'd be the kind of fighter that would make Wilder have to think a little bit about his technique and stuff have to be engaged have to try and get that jab active because Dylan Dillian keeps uh, coming forward the whole time doesn't he Billy Rutz says uh, Dillian hasn't shown what he can do since the AJ fight. For me, looked like he had lots of potential, but hasn't shown it since. I think Brown wins on points. Of course, the Joshua fight, when he pushed Joshua, ultimately getting stopped in the seventh round, his shoulder did go in that fight. Went into hospital after that. I wonder whether there's partly the sort of showing against Davidsa Bakarin and some of those people in 2016 is possibly to do with that. And there's a different kind of pressure on him than Joshua isn't there because he's waiting to get the big payday. I presume the Joshua fight remains his biggest payday. Um, would have earned a lot of money, but not set up for life, you wouldn't imagine, because boxers do have overheads as well. And he's got a family man, he's looking to cement their future. And I think maybe there's an element of a pressure on him to keep impressing, to try and stay in the mix to fight Joshua, who is, I think, a, a kind of rival of his and someone he doesn't like. So it must be hard for him in a way to, to be reliant on Joshua in that sense. And and the kind of hoping that Joshua bestows a, a rematch upon him at some point and the, the riches it could bring. Interesting in that context that, that Anthony Joshua has talked about freezing um, Deontay Wilder out of a unification fight. He's not more respectful, professional and business-like in their, in their kind of uh, discussions. And uh, that, so that's those questions. Dara Fagan says, I think it'll be hard for Dillian to stay away from the power of Lucas for 12 those 22 knockouts and 25, but if he is active and on his chest pushing him back, he could get the decision. But sure, what do I know? Can't wait for what should be a cracker. 
Yeah, so it's going to be an interesting one. What do we know of Lucas Brown? Controversial character, isn't he? Uh, orthodox, six foot five inches tall, relatively kind of short reach in the sense, 77 inches for a guy that height, perhaps. Um, be interesting to see how he gets on in that department against uh, Dillian. It will be a bit of a tear-out, wouldn't it? You can imagine them hitting, meeting in the ring. Dillian, 78-inch 78 78-inch 78 reach, 6-foot-4-inch height, like I thought. It's going to be a cracker. It's Dillian White. Can he avoid it? Because I just wonder if he's going to fight Joshua. Is he going to fight um, potentially uh, Deontay Wilder? He's got that massive right hand. It's like a, a, razor, a radar and a laser beam. I just wonder if he kind of needs to be slightly more elusive. Slightly to, to to get to shoot off, fire off shots, and then to move. Um, Going to be interesting because he wanted to have a longer career, and he turns thirty next month. Does Dillian White? Uh, Lucas Brown turns thirty nine next month, so it's a big age difference. He will outlast him. Can kind of outmaneuver him, you'd think, over the twelve rounds. But if he's going to go forward, it's playing the long game, isn't it? It's the mastery, the skill mastery. Can he get the skill that he needs to potentially can do the learning that he needs to to go a step further? So Dillian White, I'm going to say White on points to go to 23rd victory um, and move on possibly to fight Wilder, maybe down the line, Joshua, maybe someone in between after this. But let me know your thoughts. Uh, Ed Draper, 81, Dillian White, Lucas Brown, if you're in the UK, live on Sky Sports Saturday. I'll probably be watching it, as I say, Sunday, a little bit later. But it's great to see boxing bubbling up and this is an intriguing match, isn't it? Dillian definitely kind of, he's like that kind of, I guess the the sort of not the Hollywood lead, but the guy who's always the sort of B the B lead, the kind of co star in the guy you recognise but don't know his name sort of thing. Obviously we don't boxing as boxing fans, but you know what I mean. Um that kind of guy is not quite the sort of the lead man as Anthony Joshua, but he's there and he's getting familiar and he's hanging around, he might get his shot to be the lead man down the line. Okay, guys, let me know what you think. Ed Draper 81 on Twitter. You can also follow me, Ed underscore Draper 81 on Instagram. If you stumbled across this and you're a boxing fan, I'm a sports broadcaster in the UK, 10, 15 years in the UK now, working in TV and radio. Before that, I went to the States, did a couple of years to my master's in journalism, worked in Ohio for newspapers, radio, a little bit of local TV there as well. Um, Some big football boxing fans, but like American sports as well, like most sports, to be fair. Um, but it's just my thoughts here. Going to get a few guests on trying to get the Cheltenham Town manager actually in football terms, Gary Johnson, who's well travelled, an interesting character, to speak to me soon, and uh, going to line up a few people who might be able to talk on sport and life and how we can connect the dots. But I think it'll be interesting to see on the boxing front these guys and the journey they're going on, because Dillian White faced some adversity, not had the path that he would consider laid out like a silver spoon for Anthony Joshua over the last few years but he's still there and he's still in contention let's see what happens Saturday night cheers guys speak to you soon